Blog Talk Radio. Desperate House, which is my name is Raina Starr. Dorian Wallace has the weekend off for her wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary, dear. Hope it's a good one. Anyway, Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily functions, and other dirty talk might offend you, this may not be the show for you. But if it is the show for you, I'm glad you're here. Desperate House, which is is brought to you by the one, the only, the utterly wicked one herself, Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. And if you need her products shipped overseas, check out www.theangrycauldron.com. They do her shipping, and they have a great line of their own goods as well. Okay. I'm very excited about tonight. Joining me for the hour is the owner of Asheville Raven and Crone, my friend Lisa Svensiki. Lisa, you there? I'm here. Hey, Raven. Hey, baby. What's going on? It is so good to hear your voice. I was thinking we usually are talking about when we're going to meet in Atlanta and where we're going to eat. I know. I know. It's really, you know, this whole COVID thing has messed up every plan I've had, as I'm sure it has for you. I mean, you know, first off, let's let's tell folks about Raven and Crone. Tell 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 us where it is, how you got it started, how long you've been around. Give people the information. Well, we are in Asheville, North Carolina, on Merriman Avenue. We started up; it'll be six years ago this July. Mm. And we have been a brick-and-mortar store up until COVID hit us. So, uh, yeah. And now it's we're hard. we're it, reinventing it, a little bit. Yeah, and that's got to be, you know, wow. Talk about not seeing this coming. I mean, you know, we've we've had illnesses come and go. Some more serious than others. MRSA, SARS, stuff like that. But I've never seen anything like this. How has this hit the retail market for pagans? Well, uh, I think we all took a pretty hard hit to start off with. Of course, we were mandated closed as a non-essential business. And so Uh that six weeks of shutdown was really, it was a really unsure time for everybody. Wow. Um, Employees, uh, the whole bit. So, um yeah, it uh, it hit us pretty hard. Wow. So where where do you, where do things sit right now? Is Asheville see? Because I don't know how much it changes from county to county. Like for example, here in Mecklenburg County, I'm in Charlotte. Um, you know, things have started to reopen. Some folks are a little more leery than others. So some of the you know we don't have a whole lot of pagan. Uh, places local to me. We have a few. We have like three or four. Um, 
you know, for a large sprawling metropolitan area, that may sound like a lot. It's it's they, it covers a lot of territory. Um, but I've seen like one or two places are open, and then the other two places are like, no, nah, we're no, we're not doing this. So what's it like up there? I mean, what's the what are your restrictions now, and and is there any further information? Well, Buncombe County is pretty much under the same general restrictions that North Carolina is under at this time. When it started, Buncombe County shut us down probably about a week earlier than North Carolina closed businesses. So they've taken a really uh, cautious uh, look at what's going on in the county. Uh, Right Mm -hmm. now we are at uh, 50% capacity which if you've been in our store, which I know you have, um, that's not a lot of people in the store. So what we are doing is we're doing shopping by appointment, and that Mm -hmm. way we can kind of uh, keep a handle on how many people are in the store at one time and also keep the staff from being overwhelmed. Uh, They get a little bit of a break after people leave to take off masks and drink some water and and do the new things that we have to do, like wipe down and clean up. And it's quite a process, actually. Um, but it's one that's really necessary to keep us safe right now. Yeah, I know certain businesses, like from my business, for example, when we uh, come in every morning, uh, my business was deemed essential because it's it's in service to essential businesses. So because we service hospitals and police and other essential staff, we had to stay open, which was fine because uh, some of my folks actually do understand social distancing, although for some reason they don't seem to understand masks. That part I don't get. But part of, you know, what I have to do every day is take temperatures and, and, you know, do all kinds of, you know, medical check-ins and, you know, I was wondering if you guys were mandated to do that or if that's just a, is that on a individual store-by-store basis? I think it's pretty much on an individual basis. I know that the suggested mm-hmm. guidelines are that you do a check-in with your employees before they enter the business every day. And it's a pretty right. simple two questions. Uh, do they have any of the symptoms? And you run down the checklist for yeah. that. And um, yeah. do they know that they have been exposed or are they caring for somebody who has COVID? So every right. morning somebody calls me and we run through the checklist and then they're cleared to go into work. And then in yeah, addition that to that, sounds... yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say we do the same thing with our customers when they come in the store. We have them answer mm-hmm. the same questions and yep. sign before they start shopping. Well, it sounds like you're doing all of the right things. Have have people started to come back since some of the restrictions have lifted? We have seen, um, because Asheville is a tourist town, we have seen tourists definitely come back to the area. Um, and oh, some are, you know, very understanding and compliant with what we're asking people to do, which we do require they wear a face covering in the store. And we are, um, because we're short on hand sanitizer primarily, we are asking them to wear uh, disposable gloves while they're in the store. And that keeps our product from being 
Yeah. Well, you know, people love to pick up things and look at them when they're looking, you know, shopping. (laughs) So uh, it kind of reduces the need to clean product a lot. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't think about that. You know, I actually wear a glove when I go grocery shopping because I'm picking up produce. And it's, you know, some people look at me funny because normally, in, you know, they're required to wear a mask to go in, but they're not required to wear, you know, gloves necessarily after touching fruit, which I thought was an interesting thing at the grocery store. It sounds like you're you're actually going above and beyond on that one. So kudos to you because I know a lot of businesses, you know, I've, I've heard some really crazy crap about people actually getting angry because they've been asked to wear a mask. And um, I, I get actually a significant amount of pushback from folks coming in from the outside. I guess, you know, living kind of in what some people consider Trump country, although I really don't, um, we are getting a lot of naysayers. Are you hearing anything about that? We are. We're hearing a lot about that, actually. Uh, And people saying that wearing masks are dangerous and that it doesn't do any good and we need to develop herd immunity. And, you know, I live in a rural area outside of Asheville in Buncombe County, and I get glared at when I walk into a store with a mask on. So um, it's not common practice across the board, unfortunately. I don't understand that. You know, I'm like, listen, I know I'm not protecting myself with the mask, but I'm around people who have very small children and grandchildren, and they're not wearing masks. And I just find it so incredible that you would risk being around people and being within a six-foot range sometimes because they're very forgetful. You know, and I've had to explain to people just because the government has made a decision about the virus doesn't mean that the virus agrees. And we've seen a huge, you know, here in Charlotte, we've seen a spike in our county because it's it's more densely populated than where you guys are. But people aren't listening, and, and it just boggles my mind. And, you know, the RNC was supposed to bring their 19,000 here, and our governor said, uh, we can't guarantee that you can fill our big auditorium in the middle of the city. And, you know, they got very huffy. Now, personally, my personal belief about this is that Trump didn't want to leave Florida anyway, but that's, that's just me. What can I say? Well, uh, I think the but, state with a Republican governor, honestly, um, and, you know, North yeah. Carolina's and Cooper made that uh, possible for him, and he could blame Cooper for it. So um, I agree with you. I think yeah. he didn't want to hold it here to start with. Yeah. So tell me about how folks who are not local to Asheville, Raven, and Crone uh, can get some product. Do you have some services that, if folks are in the area, are there any kind of services uh, where where there's curbside, or what have you guys got going on to kind of meld into the new reality? Well, I did the thing I have. You've heard me say it. I don't know how many times I said I would never ever do, and I 
started a uh, web store. It's actual <laughs> Raising Crone dot store. Took it took a Which pandemic is, to get me to do it, but I did do it. So uh, it was you did quite a learning experience <laughs> with that as well. Uh, I understand why I was so resistant to it, but uh, we do have a store available now online, and uh, we're yep. focused on featuring the products that we make in the store. Uh, we have a wonderful staff. We have. Uh, Star Bustamante, who does all our oils. We have mm. Best Fit, who does spell kits and bags and salts. And we have uh, Jonathan Mode, who has a whole line called JMO. And those are oils mm-hmm. and powders and a lot of hoodoo root work. That's what he does best. And yeah. uh, then we've got just regular supplies we've got incense, we've got candles. Um, we tried to keep it focused on what people really needed to do their work. Well, that's that's great. I mean, I know doing anything online can be, you know, it's a lot more work. It's a lot to keep up on. But, I mean, I'm very appreciative because I don't live close enough to just show up whenever I want to. <laughs> so it's it's you know, I know folks have been wanting Asheville Raven and Crown to have an online presence for a while now, and I'm really sorry that you had to do it this way, but um, for me, I'm kind of glad that you did. <laughs> well, we have gotten a lot yeah. of that from it. A lot of people have asked for years that we go online, so uh, they've been very happy. We have shipped product to Alaska and Wisconsin. Wow. And so that's that part has been exciting. Um, it has been a bit of a learning curve on trying to figure out how to ship and best ways to sure. ship. And um, as you know, I you're, we're our, our first order, and I left something out of anyway. the ship. <laughs> but, but we are get, we're getting better sure. every day. So. No, but you know what? It was it was sent to me so fast, and I was so excited to be the first order and you know the one thing that didn't come still arrived right behind everything else (laughs) it was fine it was not a big deal um but yeah i mean it's it you know it's not that i don't want to see you i do want to see you i you know i'm just because i'm immunocompromised i have to be super duper careful you know so another reason why I was so grateful but you know a lot of people not only are they taking a hit just because of COVID but they're also taking a major hit because festivals aren't happening so you know I I really want people to understand how important it is to you know definitely investigate these shops and, and purchase from folks like this who, you know, have been there for you in brick and mortar, but, you know, with everybody shutting down, it's 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 hurt them, and we're losing a lot of stores. I mean, we've lost tons of restaurants already, and, you know, you got to support folks to keep them in business. If you appreciate Asheville Raven and Crone, like I know a lot of our listeners do, please, Place an order at the store. It it, it can be done. It, they ship quickly. The products come perfectly, 
self-protected, not a problem with anything. I ordered products in all types of uh, containers, you know, checking to make sure something didn't break or crack, nothing happened, everything was perfect. Um, seriously, because these stores cannot survive without patronage. And all these stores that we love so much need patronage. Um, so I want to encourage all the listeners, even if you've never been to Asheville Raven and Crone, check out the store. It's, you know, it's online now. You've heard a lot of people talk about it. I know our listeners have heard me talk about it. Um, but this is, this is the time to show some love. You know, a lot of us were lucky enough to not be unemployed at all. Um, there are some of us that, that did lose their jobs. I do understand not everybody has the wherewithal, but if you can, you definitely have to support. You've got to because we are going to lose these places, and then we're going to be stuck with these folks we don't trust, you know, the mass producers and, you know, what I call the big box pagans because they exist, right? I mean, am I talking out of my ass or what? No, they they exist. We have found that um, some of the big box pagans are having problems just like we are as far as getting some of their supplies. So, um, for example, uh, our tarot cards come through U.S. Games, and they're the biggest distributor yeah. of that. They just came back up last week. Um, so it's it's kind of hit Ow. all the way around. Uh, and because different states have different openings and restrictions, we're seeing businesses open at different rates. So it's pretty much hit everybody wow. across the board. And we're seeing that national, too. We've got a lot of restaurants that have closed and some businesses that have closed. They just could not uh, survive that initial shutdown. And I feel, you know, I very know. fortunate that we were able to and to try and reinvent the best we could. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, you know, you're you're like even though you have an existing business, in some respects it's like starting from scratch, isn't it? Having to learn a whole bunch of different things. It is. It's like starting a new business. It really is. And uh, there's definitely a huge learning curve that we haven't hit yet. So, um <laughs> we we get better every day at it and we have offered um the pickup that is available through the uh, web store, too, which is nice. Uh, a lot of customers are using that. They uh, really wow. don't want to be out shopping, and so it's nice to be able to place an order. We pack it in the store, and we bring it out to the car. So that has been a That's uh, very that, nice. Yeah, that's been a great service that uh, people have really taken advantage of. Well, that's great. So people can place an order online and just come and, like, pull up in the parking lot pull and somebody brings it out? Give it a call, and somebody will walk it out to the car for you. Well, damn, and that's about as convenient as it gets, right? Well, I think so. I think it's a really good option. I think uh, for retail right now, brick-and-mortar retail, it's one of the best options we have available to people. And then what you can yeah. find what you want online, then you have the option of calling the store and making an appointment and coming in and looking around. It's a little bit different. You know, we don't have complimentary tea anymore, and we don't have readers right. in the store anymore. 
but uh, uh. all the readers that used to read at the store, their information is available on the webpage, too, so you can find your favorite reader, and you can find out how they are offering virtual readings now, as most of them have gone to some mm. form of that. Yeah. Do you anticipate a time where things might go back to the way they were a little bit, where folks will be able to come in and get readings again, or do you think this is just kind of the way it's going to be? I I don't know, Raina. I really don't. I uh, a readings, you know, you're you're pretty close to a person, and you know, readings go fifteen, twenty minutes, a half an hour, an hour, depending on what you personally are looking for. So, I don't know that that will come back this year, at least. Mm. Or uh, the room that we had a, our readers read in was a small room. It's very close. It's very intimate. Um, yeah. And I don't, and we had several readers who had uh, different medical issues that caused them concern about doing that kind of close, intimate reading. So I think the virtual yeah. option for them is really good. Uh, the same thing happens with classes. We you know, had a small room that if you had 20 people in that room, you were sitting shoulder to shoulder. So I don't really see classes coming back anytime soon either. Wow. And that most of our be, presenters have it, some kind of virtual class they're offering, but it's, you know, right. I think everybody's missing the intimacy of seeing people and being in their presence. Yeah, it's, I don't know, you know, a reading is almost like a medical exam to me in that regard where it's, you know, it's a very personal thing, it's a very private thing. And you know, it's it's a it's not the same thing to give a virtual, you know, medical exam. I can't imagine that you know, tarot reading would be as you know a good. I mean, a good reader can read. Period. But you know, I I, I just miss the idea of being in a room with somebody and giving them a reading. But. Then again, I don't read very often, so it's really not my my area of expertise anyway. So I'm, I should leave it to oh. the experts and shut my mouth about it. <laughs> I, I I think they've adjusted really well with the virtual, but the experience is definitely different. And if I hear anything from yeah. customers, is they miss the experience of being in the room with somebody when they get a reading or. They miss the experience of being in the room with a group of people and, and having a class and the conversations before the class and after the class and those types of things. So, And getting getting to see folks and be around them and just kind of, you know, it's like you suck up the energy of the people you're around. And, you know, I'm, I'm really sad that, you know, we weren't going to see each other at Mystic South this year. and, and But, you know, before they canceled, they sent out a questionnaire that said, you know, are you able to social, you know, be socially distant? Will you wear a mask? Will you this? Will you that? And I had to be really honest. I'm like, you know, yes, I can do all of those things, but a lot of these people are my family, and I cannot imagine seeing my family and not hug them. Exactly. So I, I know – I was going to have a really hard time with that, and I just had to be honest about it. 
And I think, you know, while it was a very difficult decision, I think they made a really wise decision because even with the best intentions, I, I, I know some of my friends would be like, yeah, just one hug. And I'd be like, yeah, just one hug. Okay. And yeah. so, <laughs> what a lovely yeah, bunch. What can I say? <laughs> and, you know, the whole wearing of the mask for, you know, a long period of time is, is different. And even in the shop now when there are two employees there, of course, we have to wear masks. But it's so easy right. to walk out without your mask on and just, you know, totally forget about it. So I think it would be difficult oh, at a, a large event like that to remember and keep everything going all the time. So Yeah, it, you know, it's <laughs> we want so much for things to be somewhat back to the way they were that, you know, it's easy to – I've actually had to bombard myself at every turn with masks. I have four masks in the car. I have three masks in my purse. I have at least three masks at my desk at work at all times. You know, I've got masks hanging off of every doorknob in my house so no one can say, I didn't see one, I forgot. Right. (laughs) You know, it's such a, you know, and I like to hand wash them every single night because I don't want them I don't want them going into the laundry. I don't want them, you know, going into a machine that I don't own because I'm in a place where I don't own a machine. So it's kind of like, you know, there's a new paradigm in my life every day of get up, pick the mask that goes best with my outfit, go to work, <laughs> come home, gather up everybody's mask, wash the mask, and then start dinner. I mean, that's like the new thing in my life right now. So, it's, yeah. It's, it's definitely been the new routines to get used to. And my masks are like my glasses. You know, I'm bad to take them off and leave them where I can't remember where I put oh. them. So, yeah, I have several, too, for that very same reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I keep myself covered in them at all times. And, you know, and one's too hot and one's too thin and one, you know, the loops are too short and one, the loops are too long and I'm constantly pulling and adjusting and trying other brands. I'm telling you, I must have 40 masks already from this, you know. Oh, I do, and I have, like, the ones I put on when I go into the grocery store, the drug store, versus the ones I wear in the shop because I can hang them around my neck and I know where they are. And, yeah, it's it's been really a difficult thing for me to get used to personally, but it's our yeah. new way of living. That's what we have to do. Yeah. So, I mean, and I hate to ask you this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, you know, we keep seeing things spike up, and I was wondering what your opinion was not only of that right now, but what you think we could be facing come the fall. Oh, well, I don't have a good feeling about the fall. I do think we're going to see a a second wave that they are talking about. I think the spikes we see right now are still dealing with the first wave and Mm -hmm. our reopening 
and the fact that people we're so divided about this. There are people who believe it's real and are doing everything they can to keep themselves safe. And my 85-year-old dad moved in with us in December, so I'm terribly concerned about him getting there. So I'm taking all sorts of precautions to try and keep him safe. And I see other people who just, they don't believe it. They think it's some kind of hoax or conspiracy. And it's it's really puzzling to me that as a country we can be divided about a virus. I have to agree. You know, I encounter a lot of people during the day that also claim, or originally claimed, I should say, that this was a conspiracy, a hoax, uh, a certain party came up with it, it's not real. And, you know, Trump has been very excited about his rallies restarting. But it's interesting to me because the person who said it's a democratic hoax has now turned around and insisted that everybody sign a fucking waiver before they attend the rally saying that they won't sue if they get this hoax, which makes no sense. It, it can't so, be both. And I was having a conversation today with somebody about, okay, so they can't sue Trump if they go to the convention and contract the virus, but if they come back and give it to somebody, can that person then turn around and sue the Republican National Convention? Or what can, you know... What's going to happen there? Because these people are all going back into communities mm-hmm. after being exposed. Well, you know they're not going to quarantine 14 days. No, they're not because they don't. I mean, why would you quarantine if you don't believe in it? But then again, why are you signing a waiver if you don't? Why is a waiver even required if this is a hoax? See, I mean, the fact that they talk out of both sides of their mouth on this, and I'm sorry to make this a political thing, but I don't know how not to make this a political thing because all of the decisions made by this administration have brought us to this point. You know, there was a response team in place, and Trump disbanded it. And now we're dealing with a pandemic, and it has messed up everybody's life. You know, he broke the world, in my opinion. But if Absolutely. it's a democratic, you know, but if it's a democratic hoax, explain to me why parts of other countries shut down before we did anything. How is that even possible? Italy closed. An entire country closed. How is that a, a democratic hoax? Don't get it. Well, I don't understand how people can hold that thought in their head. I really don't. <laughs> I, I just, I don't. Yeah. And other countries I have know. had I such know. a better response to it than we have. And, you know, the, the death, I mean, the other side is so crowded right now. Mm-hmm. I know I, I've never seen anything like this and I never you know we've we've talked about tower times it's something that I I heard from Byron Ballard years ago and you know can it get worse is this really it or is there just more to come and you know we're just 
gearing up. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, if he doesn't get reelected, he may refuse to leave. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> no, that's not an option. <laughs> we can't take any more of you. Oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> we, we, yeah. We're still holding out for moving to Canada if that happens. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's such insanity yeah. on top of you know, a very deadly virus that we're all trying to deal with, plus the economic toll it has taken on everyone. And uh, the level of insanity from Trump and that administration just, it blows my mind on a daily basis when I think it can't be shocked by anything anymore. Yeah, he just comes up with new and better ways to surprise the hell out of me. I mean, and, you know, you never know how much of it is just a distraction and how much of it is real shit. I mean, because the first couple of years, it was insane. There, I couldn't wake up in the morning without wondering what he blew up while I was asleep. And there was a period of quiet for a little bit, and then this happened. And then, you know, they keep killing black people. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know, and I do think a, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know. That's probably equally as disturbing as what we do know. It's not more so, because we don't know about it. Right. You know? And this I, has definitely just, shown us where all the holes in the existing system are. I agree. I agree. You know, and for me, the one of the big holes and you know there's always so much to talk about because it's an ever-evolving situation between all of the people who have been murdered and now you know they, they're not even hiding it anymore now it's like we're just going to murder people in front of you and now what are you going to do about it? it it it's i i could never have imagined this happening in a million years i really thought that you know we were we were striving to be a civil society and that we were at least making a couple of strides here and there. I mean, but no. All of my faith gets erased very quickly by this. It, I, I think disappointment in people has been uh, a constant. And it's played out in, you know, I think people's private lives as well as public lives that people have not responded well to any of this. I just wonder what's going to happen, you know, because no matter no matter how the election turns out, you are going to be faced with a, an incredibly hostile crowd from the opposing team, whoever the opposing team winds up being. And I think it is very possible that a civil war or something along those lines could definitely happen. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I really do. And and maybe that is what's supposed to happen. Maybe that's what's going to finally make all this madness stop. I mean, to think that we are still fighting, you know, looking at how systemic racism is and the resistance to 
doing something about that. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It really is. You know, but as always, you know, sometimes, you know, revolution is handled with the blood of patriots. And uh, it's a shame that so many people have to die to have change happen, you know. I mean, it just feels like every stride we made, we've been knocked back or we're getting knocked back. I mean, you know, they just, they he reversed trans rights for health care today. And, uh, you know, it's, you don't even want to say what else could happen because tons of things could happen. And he proves it every day. And I don't understand why he wants to be hated so much to be loved by such a small group. I, I don't understand that either, and I, I truly don't understand people who support him. I just can't, and I've given up yeah. trying. Yeah, you know, and that's I think that's where a lot of us are at, because during the last election, there were a lot of folks who were very disenchanted because they didn't get the candidate they wanted. I understand that, because I didn't get the candidate I wanted either, um, but I you know, you have to get to a point where you stop stamping your feet and saying, me, 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 I want, I want, and deal with the situation as it is. And I think a lot of people, instead of coming around this time, I think they have ingrained themselves into a a methodology that nothing was their fault and how dare we say anything to them because they voted their quote-unquote conscience. Now, what I don't understand is if you're a person of conscience, if you're a liberal person, um, and Bernie tells you to not vote for Joe Biden is irresponsible, but you don't care what he says, so why were you supporting him to begin with? That's my first question. My other question is, if you're willing to let Trump destroy everything he hasn't destroyed so far, why are you calling yourself a liberal? You might as well be a Republican because you're not doing anything to protect, you know, anyone who's been abused, people of color, transgender people, gay people, and anybody who's abused systematically or systemically. So I, I don't understand where these people fall. And I'm I'm tired of trying to reason with people who have become seemingly more unreasonable over the last four years. I I agree with you. Like I said, I've just given up trying to understand what these people are thinking when they come up with these these decisions. (laughs) I just, I, I, I really can't wrap my head around it. What I have been encouraged about, though, are the young people in our country and how they are willing to take to the street and and write what they feel like is wrong. Yes. You know, they have the courage of their convictions, and I think in a way that maybe my generation didn't do it, they actually believe that 
change must happen, not just talked about, but must happen, and that they are the people to make it happen. And that does give me a lot of hope for their future. You know, like I have a a 30-year-old and a 28-year-old, and my 28-year-old said, I'm going to protest. Love you. I'm wearing a mask. See you later. And proceeded to take off with a bunch of folks. And, you know, they did walk separately, but they kept an eye on each other so that if anything happened, you know, they could witness and report and, you know, basically make sure nothing shady happened. But, I mean, they know that what we're going through, we can't, they can't sit it out. You know, a lot of folks, listen, I'm, like I said, I am uh, immunocompromised. I'm older now, you know, don't walk as well as I used to. So it's a little bit harder, you know, for us older folks, you know, and we are looking to the young people to, you know, see where we are and, and do something to help get themselves out of it and get us out of it. And, you know, we're backing them up 100%. The things that freak me out are the the folks that I know used to be liberal but are now Republican. I, that's another thing I cannot wrap my head around. You know, my first husband, um, also pagan, also Wiccan, um, became a Republican after we split up. Or if he was a Republican at the time, I certainly didn't know about it. But I'm like, how do you even put those two things together? <laughs> I, I, I don't get that at all. And to, to support what they're supporting and what they say they believe in and call themselves a pagan, I, that to me is just, that's, it doesn't make sense. Agreed. Why do you want to be in a club that wouldn't have you as a member is kind of what I go to on that one. It's like, do you think because you make a little bit of money that these people would even piss on you if you were on fire? You're not making the kind of money that they're interested in protecting. You're not making millions of dollars, you know. I mean, I just, you know, I, I just can't get over it, and I am perpetually astounded by how people come to certain decisions. You didn't like the lady with the crazy emails. Fine. She didn't rape anybody. (laughs) She's not threatening to take away women's rights. But you couldn't get behind her, huh? I mean, I don't get the logic. Well, I hope that people will see after the last four years how important their vote really is and who you pick to vote for, how important that really is. Like I said, I have a lot of faith in the young people I do because they they take action. And all the words in the world are not going to change the world, but their action, I do believe, will. Well, you know, they haven't let up on the protests. And that's very encouraging because, you know, we give lip service to change every time this happens. And we give lip service to it, we give lip service to it, and then something else distracts us and nothing gets done. And I think we are finally at that watershed moment where, you know, people are like, 
no, we really have to do something right now. We, we do not want to take another step forward until there is an actual change. And I, you know, I want to encourage folks to write to their congresspeople and talk about police reform and talk about prison reform and, and talk about victimless crimes. And, you know, we have got to change the reasons why we jail people. If they're not going to be equal, then they are completely unjust no matter what it is, whether it's the death penalty or, you know, drug trafficking crimes or whatever it is, you know, it's supposed to be justice for all. All doesn't mean just a couple of you people and not you people. You know, I think we've gotten away from all of the the peace and love that we had in the 60s. And I know that sounds very pie in the sky, but don't you think they were onto something? <laughs> you know, love your brother and, you know, doing real things. You don't have to be a Christian to be a good person and a loving person and do the right thing. You know, as pagans, we actually hold ourselves or should hold ourselves to a higher standard because of how we're judged. And and I just think we need to get back to that, you know. Oh, I, and I think we will. I think we will. And I think we'll move it forward in a way that, I don't think our generation ever envisioned it could be moved forward. Uh, I hope you're right. I really do. You know? I, think the, I think the whole, I think the pandemic gave us the pause that caused everybody really look at their own mortality in a way they probably haven't had to before. And I agree. I, I, think, I, I think people realize no, they want something like different. They don't want to go back to the way things were. Well, I mean, just look at what's happening, I mean, even outside, just outside the door. You know, animals are coming back, and, you know, the bees are, are starting to heal a little bit. Hopefully we don't fuck that up again. But, I mean, you know, we have a chance. We really have a chance to fix things or at least let things heal. And I think if we don't do it now, it's not going to happen, and we're going to be looking at another situation, you know, whether it's months or years, where we've got another pandemic or, you know, more dead people, whether they're black or transgender or both or, you know, any variety of, LGBTQ plus 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 plus. I mean, we've really got to do a better job with each other, just as you know, human beings. I think, you know. But what can I tell you? I'm an old hippie. <laughs> I like all that stuff. I do. Well, I'm I, very, I, I can be very practical, but by the same token, I like the idea that people can live in harmony. I think it is possible. But I think there's a lot of soul searching that needs to be done, you know, by by folks like me, you know, privileged, white, very lucky, and uh, you know, we've just got to call out the crazy shit when we see it and say, no, we're not going to stand for this, you know. I made oh, a, a comment on Facebook. 
I made a comment on Facebook a few days ago. It's like, you know, you can't ask folks to do it for themselves. They've tried and they've been knocked down. Therefore, it's our job. You know? Oh, I agree. I agree. And I think pagans are particularly empathetic with that because we have been judged and we have been misunderstood and we have been treated differently. And yeah. I I think that gives us the perspective that we need to to move this forward. Yeah, I definitely think it's our responsibility to you know, definitely make something happen and and try to implement that real change that needs it really needs to happen if we're going to move forward together as a society. Cuz quite frankly, you know, just just trying to imagine what it's like to send my child out in the world every day and wonder if he's going to come home. I I mean, I I can't even breathe when I think about it. You know, it's like how frightening is that? And I've never had to li- I mean, we all care about our children. We all worry when our children aren't around us. Are they okay? Are they safe? But I have the same kind of worry as somebody who has uh, a young man who's black in their life. You know, it's a totally, I can't even imagine. That's, that's what I mean when I say privilege. Yeah, I'm privileged. And, you know, I feel very responsible about trying to make things equal. You know, nobody's asking for special favors, you know. Just treat people fairly. Treat them like you would want to be treated, you know. Isn't that like the golden rule that we all learned as children? <sighs> it is. Uh, the fact sorry. that it's never existed is just, it's it's time. It really is time. I agree. Well, Lisa, in the few minutes that we have left, Let's tell folks again about Raven and Crone and where it is and what you guys have and what the hours are and when they can visit. Well, we are in Asheville, North Carolina at 555 Merriman Avenue. We are a, we describe ourselves as a old age pagan supply store because we try to carry things that people actually need when they are practicing magic. So we have yeah. a lot of product that are made by uh, local witches, and we're very fortunate in that we have this thriving pagan community in Asheville. And so our products, I feel like, are special because they are made by witches, people who actually practice different forms of magic. I agree. I think it's wonderful that there's a place, I mean, because many, many years ago, there was a place called Enchantments in Manhattan, mm-hmm. in New York, and it was it was where witches went to get stuff from witches because it wasn't mass-produced. It was made by the people from there, and everything was, you know, it was real. It wasn't plastic. It was genuinely made, genuinely uh, blessed. Um, we didn't have to worry about the quality of the product because we knew who was making it. And on occasion, you had you had a chance to meet the folks who made it. So, you know, it's a very different thing than going to these big box pagans 
I really encourage the folks listening, please support your local pagan shops. And if you don't have a local pagan shop, support a place like Asheville Raven and Crone. They have great products. They are made by real witches. They're not made in a factory. Uh, most of the products, you know, are handmade, small batch, and effective magic, you know. So I would strongly encourage folks to check it out. Lisa, what's the, what's the website again for the store? It is AshevilleRavenandCrone.store. And we are operating so under two hours. We're open oh. instead of Good seven days a week. We're open Thursday through Monday, and we are open 12 to 5. 12 to 5. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And people do and need to call for an appointment to shop in the store uh, just because mm-hmm. we're trying to keep our numbers down, and we are a small store and six mm-hmm. feet distancing in there allows for maybe four people at a time so yeah and masks are required yes masks are required and gloves we provide gloves when you come in Uh, like I said we're doing that because we're having such a hard time still finding hand sanitizer ah understood well, Lisa, thank you so much for spre- spending this hour with me. Oh, I love I you. Love I appreciate you. I could talk two or three more hours to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we will, just not now. <laughs> not now. <laughs> All right, folks, please check out the store. The link to the, the website for the store is actually on the show page. Lisa, thank you again. I really appreciate you doing this with me and, and shining oh, a spotlight on the store. Thank you so much, Raina, for, for helping us get the word out about our new way of operating. And I love you. I love you, too. And I will talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye. You, Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in tonight. I will be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. with Michael Herkus. He is the author of The Glam Witch, and it is going to be fun because this is going to be an interesting hour. He's fantastic. Anyway, love you guys. Have a great night. If you get a chance, uh, send a happy anniversary to my co-host. Appreciate you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.